Revelation chapter 16, second coming part seven, well, it just so happens to be the seventh uh, bowl we're going to look at, and this one, the effects of this judgment carry us all the way into chapter 20, and uh, we will not get it all today, obviously. Revelation 16, 17 through 21. Let's read it to set the context, and we'll walk back through it. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the, from the throne, saying, It is done. And there, were, <clears throat> and there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there was a great earthquake, such as there not had been since man came to be on the earth. So great an earthquake was it, And so mighty. And the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, because its plague was extremely severe. A hundred pounds apiece, I guess so. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, 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 those things are going to leave a mark, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, back up, though, to verse 17. The seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air. Everything's been covered by these bowls except one thing, the air itself. And, um, <clears throat> and the air... The Greek word refers to the atmosphere directly above the surface of the earth. And matter of fact, it's the same Greek word used in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 about the rapture, where it says, you know, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Okay? It's in the atmosphere, the air that we actually breathe. Now, and it's going to have big effects. Uh, we, we saw at the very end, the very big effect is out of that same sky through that air came those hailstones. But it's far-reaching. I think the air is, is significant in this that, you know, everything else is kind of pinpointed water here, fresh water, salt water, this, that, you know, boils. This one is just like whatever got missed gets hit, okay, and uh, which is actually nothing. But uh, it just, it's, this whole judgment of God is all-encompassing. And that loud voice, I believe this is, the, again, the voice of God, just like in verse 1 of chapter 16, where this whole began, where it says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven, or excuse me, a loud voice from the temple, saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the seven bowls of the wrath of God into the earth. And, and we, we studied that, and we, you back up actually one verse to 15.8, where it says, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. So the only occupant in that heavenly temple during all this is God himself. And he's, uh, from there, he's just directing traffic, so to speak. Go, pour, go, go. Well, he actually sent them out, and then one by one, the angels just start pouring their stuff out in very quick order, Okay. And we've seen so far these things cover the last, they, they bring us, like I say, right to the actual physical return, 
the um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go. It is done. Let's go to that one. It is done. Again, God is announcing the last of the seven plagues, which is also the final judgment of the present era during the time when, quote, the mystery of God is finished. Back in Revelation 10, verse 7. Revelation 10, 7. It says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh, seventh angel, when he is about to sound, that's the trumpet, uh, the mystery of God is finished, and he preached his, to his servants as, as he preached to his servants. Now remember, that seventh trumpet sounded, and what followed? The seven bowls of wrath. I mean, this is it. This is the final judgment of God before he actually, before the Lord himself comes back and sets up the kingdom. And we're going to see some of that, some preparation work on that even this morning. Now, this final judgment, again, culminates with the doom of the, of the beast and false prophet and the binding of Satan for a thousand years. Let's look there, Revelation 19.20. And start there. It, it's right there. Yeah, pretty soon. We're on it. <laughs> 1920 says, And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet, who performed the signs in the presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. The rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him, that, that would be Christ, who sat upon the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. And I saw an angel coming down <clears throat> from heaven, having the key of the abyss, and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. That would be the end of the seventh trumpet. But uh, we've got a little ways to go to get there. There's a lot of description coming up that uh, I think we just need to at least touch on. Now, when we see there, too, also in verse 18, the 18a, the, uh, where it says, flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. This, again, we've seen this periodically through Scripture. We've seen it in Revelation. I want to look at some, too, where I believe, I'm, I'm confident, this is symbolic of the awesome power and majesty of God. I mean, it is. It just... And I use the word awesome in the, in the sense the word was developed for. Not, you know, it's like um, if you enjoyed the Super Bowl, that's great. It wasn't an awesome game. <laughs> it was maybe a very good, entertaining game. God is awesome. Awesome meaning awe-inspiring. Was something you look at, it would literally take your breath away. That's what awesome is, the word itself Used to mean, <laughs> okay. We've kind of that's one, another one of those words that gets watered down, okay. And this one is in our usage today gets watered down. But I, I mean, awesome in the in the original sense of the term, um, and we just don't have one to replace it, quite frankly, that I know of. But um, anyway, look at Revelation chapter four and I'll show you what I mean. Revelation chapter four, verse two through five. Immediately, and this is when John, he first gets it, 
his heavenly vision, which had come up here, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he who, he who was sitting was like the jasper stone, like a sardis in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. And around the throne there were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones I saw 24 elders in, <clears throat> clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne proceeded flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And we move forward into chapter 8 of Revelation, verse 5. Here we are in heaven again. And the angel took the censer, and he filled it with fire of, of the altar and threw it to the earth, and there, and there followed peals of thunder and sounds of flashes of lightning and an earthquake. That's going to sound very familiar. Now move through chapter to chapter 11, verses 15 through 19. And here at the seventh trumpet again, and the seventh angel sounded... And there arose loud voices, loud voices in heaven. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before him fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to thee, O Lord God, the Almighty, who are and who was, to, and because you have taken the great power and has begun to reign. And the nations were enraged at your wrath, and came in their time came from the dead to be judged, and the time to give their reward to the bondservants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to those who fear your name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God, which is in heaven, was opened, and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple, and there were flashes of lightning, and sounds and peals of thunder, and an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. How... No, <laughs> no. How that seems to be like a little uh, sneak preview of things to come, which we'll look at today: the peals of thunder and then hail. Interesting, no, but it just again, it's just a display of that. Just the awesome power. It's just a. Ama- it's amazing. I mean, we I we can't imagine. We really, really can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's like. You know, can you imagine once we actually get there and experience it, what it's going to be like? At least we'll have we'll have bodies that can take it. I think, I mean, we, <laughs> I know this one can't, but I mean, but, <laughs> but you know, when we get there, it's and then I put in parentheses Exodus nineteen sixteen. I'm not going to go back there, but um, uh, that's on the on the mountain. Just before it, it's like the mountain of thunder and lightning and was going on, which kind of called the children of Israel to the foot of the mountain. And then Moses went up and received the Ten Commandments. And that's kind of like the sun. Again, the presence of God, again, his, his power and his might are on dis- display. And now we get to the great earthquake in 18b to 20. And I'm going to read that again. It says, there was a, And there was a great earthquake, such as had not been since man came upon the earth. So great an earthquake was it, and so mighty. And the great city was split in parts, and the city was, of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. 
And every island and the mountains were not, every islands fled away and the mountains were not found. That, folks, is an earthquake. I mean, I just kind of listen really the, the, the magnitude of this earthquake. You know, such as not, since man has come to, since man has been on this earth, there has not been an earthquake of this size. I mean, it's, and, it's, and again, for emphasis, it says, so great and so mighty. All right? Like, Why do they mention Babylon? Oh, because Babylon's going to get hit with the earthquake, too. And where is, where is Babylon? What is Babylon? Stay tuned. That's our topic for next week. Right. <laughs> I'll look it up. Same time, same station, right All here. Right. <laughs> and then. And the great city, which we'll talk about that, I believe that's Jerusalem, will be split into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. So um, Babylon was brought to ruin. That's where that comes, the Babylon part. And every island fled away and the mountains were not found. Okay, now, the great city. Why do I say it's Jerusalem? Well, let's look at Revelation 11.8 again. Back to Revelation chapter 11, verse 8. Here we are in this discussion in Revelation that talks about those two witnesses, okay? And the two witnesses were killed. And verse 8 says, And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which mystically is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. That can only be one city. That's Jerusalem. Okay? And... um, this great city is considered now too. When you look at the in, in the, the way it's laid out in chapter 16, which we go back to, Jerusalem is mentioned separately from all the other cities. It's mentioned separately from the cities of the nations or the Gentiles were laid were demolished. Babylon is mentioned in, in 18 as uh, or excuse me 19. Babylon the Great was remembered. Okay, but the great city is separated out. So you've got the great city, the cities of the nations, and Babylon, those three entities. Okay, so Jerusalem isn't clumped in with the rest of them. Now, split into three parts. This earthquake will split Jerusalem into three parts and cause other physical changes. What changes, one might wonder? Well... We have another good friend in the Old Testament. Remember, we've been leaning on Daniel quite a bit. We're going to give him a break today. And we'll talk about, listen, Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14. If you're not sure where that is, if you can find Matthew, back up through Malachi, and you'll bump right into Zechariah. <laughs> spending the bulk of the morning here. Like I say, I knew this thing would go pretty fast. Zechariah 14, 1 through 11. I'm going to read it again just to set the, the context, and then we'll come back and pick a few verses. We're not going to do in-depth of the whole piece, but just the, those portions that uh, give us further information is what we just read in Revelation. <clears throat> Behold, a day is coming... For the for the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, the day is coming when the 
the Lord, the day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women women ravaged, and half of the city exiled, but the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of on a day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives, which is split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley, so that half of the mountain will move toward the north, the other half toward the south. And you will flee by the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains will reach to Azil. Yes, you will flee just as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all his holy ones with him. A lot of familiarity with some of the New Testament. You see, you see them all there? Um, and it will come about in that day that there will be no light, and the luminaries will dwindle. We've seen those judgments already as well. For it will be a unique day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but it will, it will come about that it, at evening time there will be light. And, in, and it will come about in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea, the other half toward the western sea. It will be in summer as well in winter. And the Lord will be king over all the earth in that day. The Lord will be the only one, and his name the only one. And the land will be changed into a plain from Geba to Rimmon, south of Jerusalem, but Jerusalem will rise and remain on its site from Benjamin's gate as, as far as the place of the first gate to the corner gate and from the tower of Han- Hanel to the king's wine presses. And people will live in it and there will be there will be no more curse, for Jerusalem will dwell in security. That's where all this is going. That's where all this is going. So now we look at what Revelation is saying, and they give us some of the talk about it here, but mention it. Now, <clears throat> when we look at these verses, we look at verses in, in uh, 14, 1 through 3. That's basically, that's Armageddon. Okay, that's, that's Armageddon. Um, I call that Armageddon Plus. It says the Lord will, will take spoil and uh, will be divided, and the spoil will be divided to you, be divided, divided among you, my people. See, this is, again, it's coming from the perspective of Zechariah prophesying the future of the nation. And we know the future of the nation is a nation saved and dwelling in their land. So that's the, quote, saved of Israel throughout the generations of Israel. Now, and we'll get into that when we move further into Scripture. It won't be, won't be today. But uh, when we get into the kingdom itself, we'll see how that uh, works out. And so they're gathered, and then the Lord will go forth, verse 3, and fight against those nations as when he fights in the day of battle. So that's what you're, you're talking about. That would be the Armageddon. And then where the Mount of, verse 4, where it says the Mount of Oz will split into two, creating a large valley from the east to the west, that is amazing to me. And then verse 8, and there will come about in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them toward the east and half toward the west. Now the eastern sea and the western sea, 
Well, the, the sea to the east is the Dead Sea. The sea to the west is the Mediterranean. And it will flow both in summer and winter. All right? And, well, all this, and I used, went to the King James for this, where it says, all this water will cause the desert to blossom as a rose. Isaiah 35.1. I mean, in the, the more literal is blossom like a crocus. I mean, it doesn't, that just doesn't sing, you know. <laughs> ah, let's go with rose, you know. It's like going to your, wow, my lovely crocus. <laughs> now, rose, rose is more appropriate. <laughs> the other words, I've got to define what a crocus is. I mean, we need some frog or something. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yeah, all the nations of the earth will be represented at Armageddon. Yeah. The the armies of the nations are coming. They're coming. They're coming. And any people that might have been not in the army, remember what else is coming too. When as soon as the Lord touches down on earth, uh, what comes with Him is His final judgment of the sheep and the goats. So there's even more judgment to follow that. Okay, we've got individuals still that um, think they skated. And did it mention the holy ones come with him? Did I read that? Yes, it was in there. I, I didn't put it in the in the outline. Figuring, you know, we'd, uh, that's like when he comes back, people dressed in white. We'll, we'll come back that we get into Revelation 19 when he actually is on the horseback and all his folks are with him and dressed in white. So. You may get one. <laughs> but I think this is so neat, though. Um, well, and then go to, go to Zechariah 17, or 14.10. 14.10 talks about the, the, the whole topography of the land. It's just changed. It's just totally changed. And especially in the area around Jerusalem, it will be changed, and it's for a purpose. Um. It says, all the land will be changed into a plain, okay? From Geba, now that's a town that's about six miles north or so of uh, Jerusalem, and to Rimen, south of Jerusalem. I started looking around, I found Rimen way up north, but, but oh, then, wait a minute, this is Rimen, south of Jerusalem, and the, the closest I could get is some town that I can't remember the name now that's about approximately 35 miles south southwest of Jerusalem. Okay? And uh, so anyway, that whole area where all those foothills and stuff are today, it's going to be a flat plain. It's going to be a flat plain. You know, yeah, all that. And that's where the desert, all that is going to blossom. When that water running through there like that, it's going to be a garden spot. Because let's say, when you get back when we when we're talking about the millennial reign the kingdom you know we're talking about it's kind of it's almost like bringing back garden of eden conditions okay this is what this is why a lot of people sometimes read those old testament passages describing the kingdom and mistakenly identify it as the new heaven new earth it is not okay it is not so it will we'll see that when we when we get there and I'm not going to make a big deal about it. You know, we don't want to, again, 
split the church over it, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Um, but I think it's great that the, the fact that it's going, to be, it's going to be a garden spot, and again, and Jerusalem will be, I think it probably it's, it's on a mountain now, because, you know, when you read in the New Testament or Old Testament, they say, let's go up to Jerusalem. Okay, and even if they're whether they're coming from the south or the north, or the east or the west, we're going up to Jerusalem, and so Jerusalem with be raised up perhaps even higher, and with everything around it being flattened out like a big plain, it's really going to stick out. And then with the the Lord in Jerusalem, sitting on the throne, and there's other passages that say that then the the nations that are saved at that time. You know, those that make it through the sheep and the goat, the ones that are determined to be sheep, they will be moving on a regular basis to Jerusalem to worship. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. I'm, I'm wondering, <laughs> this probably isn't true, but this desert flat, maybe is that to make room for all these people that are I believe it's making it flat so that it'll be very obvious that the water that flows, interesting, flows up and like a spring up and out of Jerusalem, and then it's just going to leach out there, and it's, again, it's going to be a garden spot. It's going to be a garden spot. That's all I can say. Not having ever been there, and it not having arrived yet, <laughs> I have, I can only go like, and again, imagine, and then you when we get into it, when we look at the Old Testament scriptures that describe the kingdom, which we will do, which will follow the actual physical return, then we're going to look at that kingdom, see what it looks like, and who's in there, who's not, and so forth and so on. We, uh, we came from Southern California, high desert. Nothing grew. <laughs> Nothing grew. No, tumbleweeds. Oh, tumbleweeds, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, out uh, in the back, beyond our property, we had a large property there, but uh, there was a water leak, and I couldn't tell you how long it took, but it didn't take very long, and uh, these tulies grew up from it, there was a duck nesting in there, there were frogs that were just enjoying the whole deal, and right in the middle of the desert, it just is amazing what water does. You, you, you take it for granted up here, kind of, but it, to see it in the desert where nothing grew and then there was water and it just came up, it's, I can easily imagine this. It's like the river itself will proclaim that very fact by what will result from the renewing of that fallen nature of that. Yeah. Well, well too, and, and even even the, the kind of unstated symbolism Jesus sitting on the throne as king in Jerusalem on the throne of David and the water which is what is necessary to sustain life comes up out of Jerusalem and flows out. I mean, you, you can see the obvious picture there too, can't you? You know, it, uh, yes, Mark. You know, Right. And when things are set right, the water flows out, 
springs out into the desert where dormant seeds are then going to spring up. I mean, yeah. Like I say, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be magnificent. That's all I can say because that's all I know. <laughs> so, um, when Jesus is uh, sitting in the temple to reign, is that the temple that's built by the Jews? Uh, he will be, no, this will be a separate temple. This will be a temple, when we get there, there's a temple, Ezekiel describes a temple being built that's going to be in the millennial kingdom. And we'll look at that uh, once we get into there. After he comes. There'll be a throne there. There'll be a, there'll be a, king, a place for the king, wherever the uh, king's house is. No, this is a literal physical kingdom that he's going to set up. This is a literal physical kingdom. He reigns in our heart right now. But again, the church, in essence, is a mystical kingdom in that sense. Not to get... I almost hate to use that term <laughs> because it's misconstrued. But uh, uh, the kingdom now is not a physical. He's not have, he does not have a physical reign on earth. He will when he physically returns. And then he will be sitting on a real physical throne, the throne of David, which fulfills the Davidic covenant. The uh, land occupied by the Jews, again, fulfills that uh, Abrahamic covenant of the promise of the land. And along with that promise of the land is that their kingdom, the Jewish kingdom, this time, when it's set up by Christ himself, will last forever and ever and ever. And then eventually, we, the church, Israel, merge together, and in, in one real essence, every, saved, every Christian and every saved Jew is one in Christ now, spiritually speaking. Okay, so... Anyhow, now this earthquake, again, this, I put a note there because it's important to note that this earthquake, as it relates to Jerusalem, is not judgment. Okay? It's not judgment. Judgment was judged, Jerusalem was judged by an earlier earthquake, Revelation 8 to 13. Um, whoop, I'm in Zechariah, no wonder I'm not finding it. Okay. We're back to Revelation 16, and, um, and I'm going to Revelation 11. Okay, remember in verse 8 that um, the dead bodies, that's of the two witnesses, lie in the street of the great city, which is mystically is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. And those from the peoples and tribes and tongues and nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their bodies to be laid in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry, and they will send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Yeah, i, I got to stop for a minute. I, I, I kind of think of people today, the, the, the poor precious souls that they get so hurt by what people might say these people the same they're tormented by the and what what are they tormented preaching the gospel tormented hate speech oh my gosh <laughs> oh <laughs> you don't you don't really think that's 
No, it's part of it. And after three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who were behold him. Yeah, yeah, mocking him now, and all of a sudden they stand up. How would you feel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you got something else you want to say? <laughs> you know, can you imagine that? Oh. And as a matter of fact, verse 12, and they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And in that hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell, and 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified, and gave glory to God to the heaven. And he goes, the second woe is past, behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Yeah, that's what I mean. This, that was the judgment on Jerusalem. And... Um, so, again, this earthquake then is an enhancement causing the physical changes that are suited for Jerusalem's role in the millennial kingdom, where Christ will reign there as king of kings. We already saw that in Zechariah. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 2. Just a quick glimpse, because we're going to be in, there, in some of these passages again when, uh, as soon as we get past the second coming, we move right into the kingdom, because that's... That's what he ushers in by, by arriving. Isaiah 2, 2 and 3 says, It will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and it will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob that he may teach us concerning his ways, that, he, that we may walk in his paths, and the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You notice a couple of those statements there? Let's come to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us. See? God is on that throne. Jesus Christ is on that throne. Another verse showing the deity of Christ. We just compare scripture with scripture. It is not a hard case to make. <laughs> not a hard case to make. Uh, Isaiah 9 7. Isaiah's got a lot to say about the end times and things. Isaiah would be a great book to go through. It would take us forever, but we, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful book. Isaiah 9 7. Every Christmas, this is read by somebody. Speaking of the king of kings and the eternal father prince of peace there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of david over his kingdom to establish it to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will accomplish it and then chapter 24 and like i say there's so many more but 24 23 of isaiah says <clears throat> we've, we've seen verses like this before too then the moon will be abashed the sun ashamed for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and his glory will be before his elders so the glory of the Lord is going to shine You talk, there's, this, there's the city on the shining hill right there um, and then one more Micah kind of right dead center of the minor prophets <laughs> right in the middle <laughs> Micah 4 
1 and 2 says, And it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and the peoples will stream to it. And many nations will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of God and of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and, will, and, that, we, and that we may walk in his paths. For, for from Zion will go forth the law and, and even the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Again, that's during the kingdom. The word of the Lord is going to come out from Jerusalem. Then verse 7 says, I will make, a, a, <clears throat> I will make the lame a remnant, and the outcasts a strong nation, and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on and forever. So once this kingdom comes, just like we saw in the prophecies of Daniel, once that kingdom comes, remember Daniel chapter 2, the stone that hit the statue that represented all the nations that had held sway over Israel, and then he, that rock, that stone, will set up his kingdom that will not be overthrown. It will not be taken away. It will last, for again, forever and ever and ever. Now, 16, back to Revelation 16, those famous hailstones. Sixteen twenty one, and huge hailstones, about one hundred pounds each, came down from heaven upon men, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, because its plague was extremely severe. One hundred pound hailstones. I did a tiny bit of research. I saw this. I saw, anyway, the largest. I found this on the internet, so you know it's true. Um, <laughs> the large, <laughs> the the largest recorded hailstone, two and a quarter pounds, that fell on. Gobalange, you know, pronunciation notwithstanding, Bangladesh. I got that one right. <laughs> On April 14th, 1986, they, they fell at a speed exceeding 100 miles per hour, killing 92 people and caused extensive property damage. Just figured, I mean, that was like the big one. But let's say even one-pounders. That, you know, one pound of frozen ice, you get bopped on the head with that. You know, your, your otherwise good day is just gone south on you. I'm telling you, it's 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 gone. That that's going to hurt, and like I say, it's going to leave a mark. And now, now you talk this on these hundred pounders. Um, I mean, you remember those big blocks of ice you used to buy? I don't even know if you can buy them anymore. They're twenty. They were twenty five pounds. Big. They're big ones. Remember those things? You, you used to hit the machine. You were rumbling down, bang, and it crashed into the. And you had an ice tongs, and you picked it up. Remember those things? I have I haven't seen those. You know, somebody probably got hurt when the little, yeah, you, know, you know, the same people that don't like hate speech. You know, if you can't, you know, you know, what is what's what's that? You know, like Arnold the girly men. You know, those guys. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Well, I tell you, I remember the I remember the ice box at my grandparents' house. I have the ice tongs that my grandfather used to. Yes, I do. I I, I pick up logs with them now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's still a very useful tool. <laughs> but um, that is a point. Yeah, 
in verse, and men blaspheme God. See, they know where it's coming from. I mean, go back up into verse of chapter 16. Look at verse 9. When the men were scorched with fierce heat, they blasphemed the name of God, who has the power over these plagues. And they did not repent so as to give him glory. Verse 11. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and because of their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. See, this is judgment on the ungodly. And remember back in um, Revelation 11, when Jerusalem, the earthquake, killed seven, seven million there, 7,000 there, and the others, the others gave glory to God. There's some repented, okay, in that one. Not this one, but then that was a little bit back. See, this is, this, when, you, when, you, when these bowls come, that's it. You don't hear of anybody repenting. This is it. This is, the game, game's over. I mean, it is finished. I mean, we, we've sent how long? The Lord reigns. It's finished. Goodbye. Adios. Nothing else. There's no, that you, you know, once that angel that we saw flew and pronounced and gave the gospel, and it says to all kingdoms, tribes, tongues, and nations, that was last call. That was it. Your last shot. Your last chance. And those who took it, took it. Those who didn't, they get the bowls. That's the way it's presented. And one I didn't cover yet, and I'll go back and pick it up now in verse 19. Babylon the Great was remembered before God <clears throat> in this as well. And Babylon the Great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of, the fe- of, of his fierce wrath. Now that fierce wrath that Babylon will get is described in chapter 17 and 18. Remember, chapter 19 is the, is the description of the physical return when Christ sets foot on the earth. So that will be the subject of, our, of next week. If I can combine 17 and 18 and get it, do it justice in one lesson, I'll try. If not, I figure two should be able to do it. I don't think we need to belabor that subject <laughs> too much. Um, but um, anyway, you, you read some of this stuff, and uh, it's interesting to say the least. Yes? That's on the face. <clears throat> Just that. Isn't that pretty sad? The evil Yes, we will look at the term Babylon. We we did we took a brief look at it in earlier chapters. We'll take a bit more in-depth look at it because there's a it's just like destroying this this destroying the armies at Armageddon. And I go back to the uh the statue in Daniel chapter 2 which which kind of that judgment kind of resembles and signifies the judgment upon all of them. Uh, Babylon, again, it's an unholy alliance that is going to be dealt with of uh, not only f- represents all false religions of the world and especially those false religions that uh, uh, also have um, brought the downfall to many nations as well, deceiving the nations. So there's that unholy alliance even of church and state that is judged and with that let's close heavenly father we thank you lord for this time and lord we we thank you for your grace 
that took us out from under your judgment that we all deserved. And we thank you, Lord, that you brought us into your kingdom. And again, Lord, we thank you, and may we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.